The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. It's been a while. We had some technical difficulties. Randy's been telling you guys what's happening. Uh, but, we, you know, we got to just keep on keeping on because there are 10 days left before training camp. Can you dig it? I am just pumped. Guess what, everybody? Smell is in the air. The shadows are on the ground. And the fall is coming down. And you know what that means? That means Raider football! I love it. I can't believe it. Anyways, without further ado, let's get on, shall we? To show 153. All right, Raider fans, today's show, we got a show for you today because we haven't been podcasting, so there's a lot of news. I'm going to try to squeeze on into 45, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Giffen's cutting the fat. He's letting some people go because he already made his report card and they evidently got the F for failure, so they're out of here. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Darius the Dangerous. Absolutely. Ronnie Lott incarnated, reincarnated, that is. He's coming down if he stays healthy. Well, we're going to tell you what he does because he does it so well. Raiders report, I have to go over that because that's going to kind of recap what's happened here in the last uh, couple weeks. So we'll get through that. This is a great story here I found on Raider Take, RaiderTake.com. Sean, awesome, awesome. It's called Spanking the Zebras. It's very cool. You'll dig it. Okay, the Raiders who must deliver in 07. We're going to talk about those guys who either make it or break it this year because I know... Well, you know, we thought about that with Gibson, too. We thought he was out of here several years, and that guy hung around like athlete's foot. And that's brutal. It was brutal for everybody. And, of course, we hit Raider Nation Podcast. Comments form section, and Randy's doing, uh, brother. So we'll talk a little bit here. And let's hit hit this right now. I'm going to tell you, tickets are in the mail. You know we got a game coming up preseason. It starts on the 11th, so we got to get those tickets, and I can't wait. We're going to get the envelope any day. And for all the season ticket holders, it's a very exciting time. Got little goodies in there, little stickers in there. You know, you got all kinds of stuff they send you. It's pretty cool. Plus the fact it gives you an idea that we are going to see some football this year. I'll have the tickets in my hot little hands. I love it. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Let me remind you guys to hit the bone line. That is true. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. And throw me a bone. Come on. Get on there. Do it. You know you can. Ham it up. You know, let your wife do it if you can't hang. You know what I mean. Hey, that's another thing, too, girls. Get on in there. It's just a man thing. You can get in there, too. Get on the bone line. Throw me a bone. It's awesome. Anyways, we can put it on there just like this one from my good partner, Daniel Wheatley of Chino. This is Daniel Wheatley in Chino, and I had a bone for Raider Greg in particular. As I see here on the Raider Nation podcast forum, uh, post number 1707 from the Bald Raider, says here that uh, Greg had a great one-man show for about 45 minutes 
but somewhere in the process managed to uh, to lose it and only had about two minutes and 50 seconds of actual recording. Sorry to say we won't all hear the original show, but I hope that uh, the one you get out here in a couple days or so is is close to as great as the one we'll never hear. Uh, great job, as always, with the podcast and with the webpage, and go Raiders. Thank you, Daniel, man. Strong support from the Raider Nation podcast family. A lot of people out there. It's great. Uh, a lot of people not commenting. I know they're listening. That's very, very cool. And, uh, you know, Randy and I really appreciate it. We're going to be on it now. It's time. The news is flying out. Ten days. Ten freaking days until camp starts. Can you dig it? Can you tell? I'm a little excited. you damn straight I'm excited. I can hardly damn wait. And uh, speaking of that, we're going to be getting on to some things, which would be the 66 Mob is holding a family day in Napa. Okay? 66 Mob just hit family day in Napa is what it's called. So the just hit is the theme. Grizz Jones, the godfather. He's throwing this baby. He throws a good show. It's gr- it's great. There's barbecue. There's fun. There's music. It's There's beer. It's cool. Uh, bring some cool clothes because it's hot. I mean, it's hot out there. Saturday, August 4th, 2007 from 4 p.m. on Sounds of the Mob Alley by DJ Mob Skull. Sign on auction plus raffle once per hour. All food and drinks are bought in the lounge. Guests 18 and younger may stay until 8 p.m. And then it's getting crazy. No, it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be fun. I've been. It's great. There'll be a special presentation, of course. He says, that's the camp, man. That's where people are. So uh, check it out. Grizz Jones, 66mob.com. Listen up, tough guy. You're in the home of the Raider Nation's hardest working fans, the 66 Mob. If you're a Raider fan... Make yourself at home. And if you're not a Raider fan, forget about it. Check it out. All the details are there if you missed any here. Marriott Napa Valley Hotel and Spa Lounge, 3425 Solano Avenue, Napa, California, 94558. You can map quest it. It's not hard to get to. And uh, I'll tell you, um, it's a great place. Guess what? That's where the Raiders stay. So check it out. It'll be fun. He's thrown great bashes. They just keep getting better and better. Thank you, Grizz Jones, because, well, you know, you're doing the right thing by us, and uh, the fans appreciate it because I'm telling you, 66 Mob, when they say they're the hardest-working fans, you damn straight they're the hardest-working fans. He's international. 66 Mob has a great crew, man. Good people, great people, big hearts, solid. Raider fans. Okay, well, what do you say? Let's get into our first story of the day. Danger! Danger! Get on the floor! The whole crowd screaming out! Danger! 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 Darius the Danger. I'll tell you what, Donovan Darius, I wasn't going to think, I didn't think it was going to happen because I thought the defense here was pretty solid, but eh, I was wrong. Mob Ryan is in the work, and so is Lane Kiffin to make our defense number one, not number three. They're going to put everybody down. That secondary is going to be bulletproof and solid. Uh, The runs to the middle are a thing of the past if 
Donovan Darius can stay healthy. Raiders signed this guy to a three-year deal, $7 million contract, and got the best of it, by the way. No front money, so he is playing for performance. The guy had some trouble in the last two seasons, hadn't played very much. But we cannot forget the hit that Darius put on Robert Ferguson in 2004 that nearly decapitated the Green Bay right receiver, and it was all over the news. Jim Rome had a field day. Darius was fined 75000 by the league, but he visited Ferguson in the hospital and gave him his condolences, of course. But key word here, clothesline, full speed. We're talking about don't come in my neighborhood because I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to make you hurt. And think twice before catching that ball, Patna. That's right. The former Jacksonville Jaguar had 846 tackles in all. Franchise record. He also intercepted 14 passes, forced eight fumbles, and notched a pair of sacks. Very, very good defensive player. He's 32, and he's had some issues. He's a hammer, man. You know, he he's a hammer. Uh, and he comes in hard, and people know it. Jaguars secondary will not be the same without him. And I'll tell you right now, the Raiders secondary, if he can stay healthy, because he shredded his knee in 06 and ended, the, ended on a Monday night game, November 20th, and he broke his leg. Um, the six foot one, 225-pounder will compete with Stewie and Michael Huff. But it looks like Huff Daddy might be moving to the cornerback uh, position because they've been moving him there and, and practicing him there. So Huff might move to cornerback, which would be great because that would leave Stewie on the field, who I think has great potential. And he does very well. His tackling's a little bit weak and suspect, but not that he's not trying. He just gets there late or gets there early. But he put the hit on him if you got him. Trust me, Stewart is all heart, and he brings it every doggone down. So Stewie is a football player and a Raider to the bone. Talk to the guy. I have. One thing about Darius, I'll tell you right now, he is a workout monster, and very few can keep up with his ferocious work ethic. Many many guys fall to the wayside as he looks for prospective workout partners that he burns out in a matter of weeks. <laughs> so you know this guy is serious. You know that he's serious about being a Raider because this is kind of his chance. Um, the Jaguars cut him, and that no one else is picking him up. Raiders got a good deal on him, a very good deal, actually. And I hope that he can stay in there because um, we need some more sacks of our secondary. That's no doubt. And this year, I believe if Darius can stay healthy, we will get some brutal sacks. It'll be worth hearing because you're going to be able to hear them. That's how brutal they are. So welcome, Darius. The dangerous to the Oakland Raiders. And we got Kaz. We got a linebacker from, uh, actually, from St. Louis, uh, Kaczynski. Uh, he, I think that's his name. Doggone it. I want to say Kaczynski. And I'm going to call him Kaczynski because that's what I'm going to call him because his name. <laughs> what can I tell you? Linebacker, yes. He was in the best defense that the. Uh, Seattle Seahawks had when they went through their Super Bowl run for the five years. He was a leading piece and a starter. Great hitter, and that defense just keeps getting better and better. 
So those additions are going to be great, but I'm glad to see the Darius signing, and it could be a great thing. Now, he did fail the Buffalo Bills physical. They didn't want him. That's why he came to the Raiders because the Bills had him first. Good for us. I think we're going to take a chance. I think it's a good chance. Uh, look what happened when we got Ronnie Lott. I love it! And that's all I have to say about that. Okay, well, Kiffin, Kiffin's cutting the fat. You know, he's cutting the fat big time. Kurt Campbell, linebacker from Green Bay, he's gone. Running back Curtis Brown, gone. Offensive tackle Eddie Neal, gone. Fullback Bryant McNeil, troublemaker already, gone. And tackle Larry Brown, gone. We're getting to that 53-man roster sooner than you know. Of course, we signed a couple guys, Henderson. Here's one thing that I'm kind of flipped out about, though. And I'm, I'm just going to go on a tangent right now because I haven't been in one in so long. I'm going to tell you right now one thing we need to do right doggone now. We need to pay the man. We need to pay Derek Burgess. We should have paid him when he had a chance. We should have paid him when I was talking about it two months ago because they were, they've been ha playing around with this contract stuff, and I know there might have been some kind of miscommunicato but I'll tell you right now, Dwight Freeney got a contract worth $11 million a year for 10 and a $30 million signing bonus. <laughs> so you can expect that this guy who put up double-digit sacks in his first two seasons with the Oakland Raiders is going to get paid. I do not want Derek Burgess unhappy. The Raider Nation should not want Derek Burgess unhappy. Let's pay the man. That goes with Asamoah, too. You know, his contract's up, too. So Asamoah, with the new defensive back uh, payroll that's coming out these days, that's brutal. But I'll tell you what. We better pay the pro bowler. Pay the man. Pay Asamoah. He's a great guy. Well, both these guys are great. They're going to be great Raiders. we got to keep them on our team. Come on. I know, I know, the Raiders always take their time with this kind of business stuff. It's just frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating for everybody. I know, because it is for me, too. So, let's get down to the next story, shall we? And it's my duty to spike your booty. Okay, spanking the zebras. Spanking the zebras. We're going to be spanking the zebras with this article at uh, Raider Take. And he has a blog, RaiderTake.com. Sean, awesome. It's always awesome. And he's on fire right now. These, these, this is pretty good. Well, there I was about to rant about the travesty of logic and justice known as Mike Pereira. When an email arrived from H who was copying me a letter that he'd sent to the National Football League regarding Pereira. As you all know by now, Pereira, the NFL head of officiating, traded bars with the Princess of Darkness, Amy Trask, at a recent panel discussion. Not only did Pereira suggest that a blown call is more excusable 
if the wronged team made its own mistakes earlier in the game. He also took a cheap shot at the Oakland Raiders. So here's a, the head of officiating say it's okay to, to throw a flag, perfectly wrong call, if the team that was being wronged made mistakes earlier in the game that they didn't catch. This is Pereira the pariah. Pereira the pariah, and I know you're going to get hear, sick of hearing that, but it's, it's freaking true. <laughs> Pereira the pariah said this. Now, several Raider Take regulars made some great points in the comments section of the previous thing that Pereira had said. And the Raider Take was ready to weigh in himself, but H essentially took the words right out of his mouth, and here's what he had to say about the NFL, or to the NFL. Mike Pereira recently took a cheap shot at Amy Trask of the Oakland Raiders. I won't go into the details as to what was said, but I refer to the opening salvo where Mr. Pereira complained that he gets most emails on Mondays about bad calls and pointed out that, on a blown pass interference call, he reminded himself about the six turnovers earlier in the game. Like that makes any frickin' difference. I added that. Well, Mr. Pereira just doesn't get it. Part of football is just like part of life. And that part is overcoming adversity. The team with the six turnovers had fought back, overcoming adversity, and put themselves in a position to win the game. To dismiss the blown call as having no effect on the outcome of the game due to earlier turnovers is the height of arrogance. No shit. Pereira the pariah. In football, officiating is the one subjective area of any game. To act as if no impact on a given game is is superfluous. Excuse me. This type of attitude does nothing to enhance the image of an official in the eyes of an average fan. Do you think? Blown calls, especially late in the game, do affect the outcome. As there is an insufficient time to overcome that call, yet we hear nothing about what is done to a particular official who's missed the call or a non-call in some cases, while players are called out and publicly humiliated on national television. All we hear is about the occasional oops letter to a team. And even that is only rumor, not Public. I believe Mr. Pereira, the pariah, owes an apology to Mrs. Trask and to the Raiders in particular and to football fans in general. To me, this is the, is the epitome of a perfect complaint letter, respectful yet forceful, and precisely argued with the facts and logic well played, H. As for all of us Raider fans, it just goes to show once again, just because we're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get us. <laughs> well, they are out to get us, the rat bastards. Every one of you fans knows exactly what the hell this whole thing is about. Can you believe that crap? The official says that it's okay to blow a call, especially if the team has got advantages earlier in the game. And this guy is the head of the freaking 
<laughs> the freaking zebra department. Pereira the pariah. Absolutely inexcusable. Arrogant is an understatement. This character has absolutely no one, no one above him except for Goodell. Who, incidentally, should have put the kibashi on his big fat mouth in the first place? But do you hear anything? No. Will you see anything? No. A minor footnote in the NFL that they like to turn their back on like it never happened. You'll hear, of course, all season long when the Raiders get cheap-shotted by the officials how they deserve it, how it's, a, it's, it's just a rumor, how this whole theory of the Raiders getting punked by the officials is just that. Well, I, as a Raider fan, got one thing to say. That's some bullshit. Because we do get punked by the Zebras way more than any other team. We watch football, people. We are the Raider Nation. Thanks, Sean. All right, let's look at the next story. Raiders who must deliver an 07. who must deliver an 07 are pretty obvious to uh, pretty much every doggone Raider fan who's seen the team in the last four years. So this is from Real Football 365. With less than two weeks to go before the NFL teams report to training camp, plenty of final roster questions are still unsolved around the league. At each and every camp, some players will be fighting just to make the final squad, while others will be doing everything they can to earn playing time or starting jobs. For some players, the upcoming campaign represents a critical point in their team. For whatever reason, inconsistency on the field, problems off it, on it, off it, their careers haven't worked out just the way they had hoped. Many are facing situations they have had to finally show what they are all about or get dumped. Like many franchises, the Oakland Raiders have a number of players to fit that description, and a full count of them might be a little bit long. But here are some of the guys that I think need to prove some shit. First on the list for me is Jerry Porter. As I used to call him the punk-ass biatch. Has improved his attitude a great deal this season, has kept his pie hole shut, and is going along with the current program. But he did nothing to facilitate back in 06 except catch one pass for, for 19 yards. For that, he got $3.8 million. I believe that's what his salary was. He's a selfish malcontent who really uh, stirred it up last season, so I think he should shut his pie hole and make a hard run to get a contract. Since the NFL these days is full of good right receivers, Jerry Porter has no choice but to perform for the Oakland Raiders if he wants to get paid the money he thinks he's due, which is way more than he's worth. 
Next on the list are Robert Gallery and Jake Grove. These two revolving doors in the last two seasons have been, uh, well, just that, revolving doors. Their careers have followed similar paths. That's why they're both in the same baskets. Gallery, of course, being a, more of a disappointment because he played worse than Grove did. Only the most ardent supporters will do everything but calling him a bust. There's no doubt that he hasn't lived up to his expectation as a number two overall pick in 2004. Grove was in the Raiders' second-round pick that year and hasn't done much better, completely erasing earlier hopes that the team had found linemen that they could build around because we had no line revolving doors. So this year, it's, Kiff, it's, it's Kiffin's responsibility and, of course, uh, Cable's responsibility to make sure things come together on the offensive line. Kiffin seems to have a lot of confidence in both these players and says that they, they have showed marked improvement and have moved them around on the line to find their niche. And hopefully the line problem will be solved this season, which is the biggest question mark of our game. Here's a guy that everyone wants to do something, Lamont Jordan. Great spokesman for the team. He's got heart. He's got passion. He knows how to play the media. He does it well. He'll make a great uh, reporter someday after his career is out if he ever does anything. The problem is he hasn't done anything. Once leaving New York, he was a big disappointment. And now with our team, we got Dominic Rhodes, which will lose eight games this year. But he's still a better receiver, better rusher, and a much better blocker than uh, Lamont Jordan. I'll tell you what, Lamont Jordan caught 70 passes, and after that, he got nothing. He couldn't catch anything because he couldn't block on the way out the field, which is another problem that he has. has. He can't block for shit. Now, they also drafted Michael Bush, who could have been, okay, in the first round. Now, with Rose faking a four-game four suspension to start the season, Bush's health is in question. Strong showing at the gate will give Jordan an opportunity to see if he's what the Raiders want. But... Jordan came out last year and said he was going to carry the rock, and it still didn't happen. I know a lot of people are going to say it's the offensive line, but I will tell you this. It is a lot of the runner as well. Just think if we had Marcus Allen in there. Or better yet, think of a guy named Barry Sanders, who had one of the most cheesy lines in the entire NFL, along with their team, who was cheesy. Here, kitty, 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 who built nothing around him, yet consistently he gained yards and won games entirely by himself. That's the truth. So don't tell me that the offensive line has to be there for the running back to be there, because all I got to tell you is, Barry! These are the guys who are on the chopping block. I believe if they do not produce this season, Lane Kiffing will get rid of them next season, trade them, whatever happens. But, mark my words, this is pivotal for these gentlemen. Okay, let's get to this. The Oakland Raiders inside slant. When the Oakland Raiders opened their regular season on September 9th against the Detroit Lions, half of their running back relay will be missing. <laughs> Dominic Rose signed a two-year deal for $7.5 million, 
And in the offseason, after an excellent postseason for the Super Bowl, championships Colts won't make debut in silver and black until October 14th after serving a four-game suspension for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. <laughs> the Raiders had no combat other than to confirm the NFL's action, but odds are that they weren't surprised. Rhodes was arrested uh, February 20th for driving under the influence. And you know what? It was .8's legal, and he was a .9. So you know what? It was cheesy. It was cheap. And you know what? I don't think it shows to his character. But he just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. He pleaded guilty, and of course, we got seven turd points for that. Four-game four suspension. After a disappointing regular season, which... He averaged just 3.4 yards per carry. Rhodes had an excellent postseason, averaging 4.9 per carry, including a 116-yard effort in the Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears. Rhodes was added to support Lamont Jordan, who in two years as Oakland's featured back has not produced the way the Raiders hoped when they signed him a five-year deal for $25 million. Okay. Jordan has missed nine games due to injury, averaged 3.8 yards per carry, and gained 1,459 yards, or about what the Raiders hoped he would gain in a single season after merging in the shadow of Curtis Martin in the, of the New York Jets. Jordan almost didn't make it to the third season, opting to accept a $3 million roster bonus rather than the $4.7 million he was due under his terms of his contract. Of course, because they'd have dropped him like a hot potato. He'd have been out there in Never Never Land. So it was a pay cut. That's what Jordan said himself. But the first four games, Jordan figures to be the featured runner. It also includes Justin Fargus, unless he gets cut. I don't see that because Justin Fargus gained a career-high 659 yards last season. Or it could be Michael Bush, the fourth-round draft pick that should have been number one from Louisville. Michael Bush is supposed to be, of course, the second coming of uh, everybody that ever ran the ball. But he's supposed to be very quick and elusive, a good runner. If you see him on film, you'll see what I mean. So if he's, his leg is good enough, he's going to play. Bush, originally predicted to be a first-round pick, of course, is still suffering from a broken leg in a game in 2006. He was rehabbing it during uh, team activities earlier this season, but he looked good. I saw his foot. I shook his hand and talked to him. Wished him good luck in the season and, and say, are you going to be our next our Marcus Allen? He kind of smiled and said, well, I'm going to do my best of some tall, tall order to fill them shoes. Nice kid. Both Bush and, and and Coach Lane Kiffin promised he would be ready for training camp, but it remains to be seen how far the Raiders will push a player that they hope will one of the steals of the 2007 draft, provided they show requisite patience. And I think they will. I think they will for him because he shows a lot of promise as a running back. Like I said, look at any of his film. He's bad to the bone, man. I'm telling you, Raiders. Check out his films if you can on YouTube. See how he runs. You'll be blown away. There's a left safety and a right safety in the same way there's a left cornerback and a right cornerback. That's why minicamp organized OTA sessions have featured both Michael Huff and Stuart Swaggart alternatively in deep safety coverage and as safeties in the box. 
Huff, the seventh overall pick in 2007, played a strong safety last season and distinguished himself in coverage against some of the top ends of the AFC West. Swaggart was one of the free safety regarded as a solid player, but he's occasionally blown the tackle here and there, like I said. But that comes with experience. Like I said, though, Michael Huff has been playing at defensive back. And in that case, defensive back might be just the place he needs to be. Then we come into the recent evidence that Oakland's really beefing up their secondary where they sign Donovan Darius, the dangerous. Six foot one, 225, strong safety that hits like a buffalo. 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 He'll be working the box in a very big physical presence that will show other wide receivers that they just do not want to hit the middle. He was due a $3.5 million salary from Jacksonville, and they decided to cut him. So the Raiders took him after he failed Buffalo's uh, physical because they don't want to deal with them. They don't have to. But the Raiders took a chance just like they always do. Raiders coach Lane Kiffin was was the defensive quality control coach at Jacksonville in 2000 and did much of his work with the secondary. Darius has 84 tackles for the Jaguars that season, second highest total in his career. Darius turns 32, which is against him, actually. But let's not forget, he has passion for the game, and he is a workout monster. Now, Al Davis capitalized once before, like I told you, when he got Ronnie Lott from the uh, 49ers, and he th- they thought it was past his prime. He played for two years, and he was a Hall of Famer again. So he didn't lose a step one. Now, Raiders could have had Roddy Harrison, but they declared... Um, Anyways, they didn't get him. Now, I'll tell you one thing, too, about what this inside slat does not say. And this is what I say because I'm saying it. I've been listening to a lot of the media outlets, and the football is starting to come in. And I know you all are starting to see it. It's starting to creep into the media. Baseball's fading. Basketball's gone. And then here comes the preseason and all the stuff that comes with it. Now, I've been seeing things about quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that have to make an impression, the quarterbacks that will make an impression this season on new teams, and, of course, the Oakland Raiders were shit. The quote I heard today was that even if McGowan or J. Russ starts, either one will be running for their lives in terror. It'd be funny if it hadn't happened last season, but I have a very strong suspicion that they will be eating their words. Like every Raider fan, I think every year will be great. The reason I do that is because we do great things every offseason. The thing about being a Raider fan is knowing that at least the owner has enough passion for the game and for the team to put his money where his mouth is and build an organization that strives for success. We've had some tough seasons, but it's not because we haven't tried. It's not because Al Davis has not put the money down. It's not because of anything other than happened circumstance, bad choices, bad coaches, a little bed and breakfast action thrown in there, and, of course, a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood by North Turner. All those things are in the past, Raider Nation. A new dawn is arriving. The training camp is going to start here in 10 days. Can you dig it? I can hardly believe it. This is something that we... I've been looking for all freaking summer, and it's about to happen. So be ready, Raider Nation. 
Be positive. Don't listen to any of the crap because that's exactly what it is. It is crap. Once again, everybody will punk you for being a Raider fan. They will tell you that the team has the worst offensive line. I hear it all the time. You guys can't get out of the bucket. And all I hear is this, that the 49ers are coming. The 49ers, the golden children of the NFC West, are coming. So, I'm telling you, I am telling everyone now that we will be competitive in 07. It will start. It will be something you can be proud of because Al Davis has done his magic. And he's done it again this year. And we're doing it. And the tickets are in the mail. I can't wait. Okay, let's go on to the Raider Nation podcast. Come with for him, second. Okay, Randy puts in here an uh, update on the podcast. Award nominations so far. Over 135,000 listeners have submitted 2 million-plus nominations. Holy mackerel. Nominations close July 15th, so get on it. If uh, you like the Raider Nation podcast, it would be very cool to get an award here at this podcast award nominations. That's what I'm telling you. Get on it. Check it out. And throw me a bone that way, would you? Okay, let's go. Daniel Wheatley and Chino just hit family day. Does anyone from RMP family plan to attend on August 4th? The 66th Mob always has their family together. It would be really great for us to get together outside McAfee Coliseum. Maybe we could even get some RMP shirts into production before the event. Just a thought. (laughs) Well, I'm working on those shirts, by the way. But it's not at the McAfee Coliseum. You'd be the only one there because it's not there. It's in Napa, and the address is on our homepage, and you can um, you can uh, map quest it or whatever, but it's in Napa, and uh, it is a good time. And you really would have a good time, Daniel Wheatley, but you're going to have to go a little further north, probably about an hour and 45 minutes further uh, in order to, <laughs> to get it. Now, I want to tell everybody – that I did have a show, Show 153. It was a one-man show. It was my show, and my computer jacked up, and I got 2 minutes and 52 seconds worth of audio on my 45-minute rant. (laughs) I was on. I was on fire. It was great. And then I went to download it, and I was like, oh, that's like missing the first down. That's like not getting the field goal. That's like not making the touchdown on fourth and one inch. It was brutal. So I talked for 45 minutes to myself. <laughs> and Randy says, I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. What are you going to do? It's technical. It's technical. I don't do good with technical. This computer, i got to get another Apple, so I'm working on that as well. The Assassin, Raider Greg. As a working blue-collar stiff myself, Greg's efforts to bring us the new best podcast do not go unnoticed, nor unappreciated. You two, Randy, you guys 
our legend. Thank you both. Oh, thank you, man. That's very, very cool. Thank you. We have a great time. Raider 1138, Colts game. Just got my plane tickets today. Can't wait to see the Raider D beat the hell out of Peyton Manning. I can't wait to see Burgess wrapped around Peyton Manning's neck. That's what I want to see. I want to see him go down, and he can have a little bit of Warren Sapp, too. <laughs> I can't wait. Awesome. Raider 1138. Check out Raider Nation podcast. Tailgate. You got to come over, man. You got to be in the video. Just like anybody else, come into the Coliseum from anywhere in the land. Get your ass over to the tailgate so we can get some video, have some fun. It's a great time. I love meeting everybody. It's a great experience. And if you haven't been to the Coliseum, brother, you got to go. You got to go to the, all your to this year. Preseason tickets are going to be hard to come by. Mark my words. They're going to be harder to come by than they were last year. You know why? Because the only time you're going to see Jamarcus Russell is going to be in preseason. So you better get your ass in a seat. If you can get a preseason ticket, you live here in the Bay Area, even if you live outside, L.A., wherever, uh, come and check it out because you're going to see Jamarcus playing right here in the black hole. And uh, it's going to be a great thing to see. And you'll see our whole team. you got to do it. Don't forget Raider Nation celebrations coming up as well. You got to be there because we're going to be there. And uh, that's a great thing. I mean, it's great to see the Raiders organization come out and uh, show appreciation to the fans. That's August 9th, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. McAfee Coliseum. Be there. It's a great event. Last time was during the day. A lot of people had to take off work. It was still packed. Uh, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. is going to be packed even more because people got a chance to get off work and get on in there. But it's a great thing. Check it out. Raider Nation Celebration. They really do it up big. It's a great deal. Bring your garb. Bring your stuff. And uh, check it out. Have a couple beers in the parking lot. Once you get to the Coliseum, man, I'm going to tell you what. When you get in there, when you even get in the parking lot, your blood starts popping because you feel you is home and the season's starting and I'm pumped and you should be pumped. I know Randy's pumped because we're almost there. I love it. This is Raider Greg and I 